We are two mothers who loves exploring the depth of life in all its shapes. Here we want to create a space to look at the transition into motherhood, what it might look like in different traditions and cultures, conscious parenting, the sacredness of birth, and the postpartum universe. By sharing stories, inviting guests, and together reconnect to the wisdom of our womb and Mother Earth through different practices. Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. I'm your co-host, Danielle. This week, Angelica and I welcome Quinn Brown onto the show. Quinn is a transformational birthing coach. She creates creative connection and soul integration through archetypal storytelling, movement, and improvisational performing arts. She's also a prenatal light touch massage therapist, and she offers postpartum relationship coaching for parents and can be found holding space in sacred ceremonial circles for women to connect to their inner knowing. Quinn has gifted all of our patrons two of her fabulous ebooks. The first ebook is Tools for New Mums, and the second is Why You Should Care How You Repair. She also has a private group on Facebook called Awakening Mothers and a beautiful online program called Birthing the Mother in You. And she is offering all of our listeners a 20% discount. And finally, she is offering her first one-on-one call with you for free. So I'll leave all this information in the show notes. And I love this episode because art therapy was a very powerful way for me to shine light on my fears around birth and motherhood. And also another way to communicate with my partner without words. And whenever I'm working with my subconscious beliefs and trying to express my findings, I recognize that my throat chakra starts to curl up and hide away. So art has been and will continue to be a wonderful tool for me. And right now, it's actually calling me back. A few days ago, I had my 33rd birthday, and I felt a shutting down start to happen. It was like I wanted to come home, but I didn't have the time to go inwards and listen. And I I started to feel really irritated, homesick, and lethargic. And these signs were just telling me to slow down and listen. And a lot has been coming up around my life as a single carefree maiden to now a mother. And it was another strand to my ongoing transition into motherhood. And in these moments, I have to remember, nothing needs to be done or fixed or understood. I just need to be even more gentle. And I tell you this because I know at least one person will need this reminder And I'm also contemplating how significant one year around the sun is for us. I'd love to know if anything comes up for you around the day of your birth. I mean, this was the biggest day of our lives that made us come into this world and have this human experience. So really, I'm not that surprised when things do come up to be seen and loved. But yeah, share with me your stories. 
And in this episode, although we talk a lot about art therapy and pregnancy and postpartum, just a reminder that art therapy is for everyone at any time. And it can look so many different ways. Quinn talks about exploring and overcoming fears through art and how it can teach us to be with each moment and to hold space for each experience, planned or unplanned. We talk about art therapy being a return to the heart and out of the mind, a full practice of surrender. We can go beyond the mind's limitations and through each creation, we can listen to what moves us towards things we like and dislike. Being able to stay through it all is the practice. Labor is art, unique, spontaneous and magical. And through art, we can receive messages from our inner wisdom. We can learn to trust ourselves to find the playfulness in doing something for no specific outcome. Quinn also gives her top tips so you can get started today. And Angelica shares a beautiful practice that was given to her, I think from her doula, a practice of burning and transforming, which I absolutely love. Please stay tuned to the end of this episode where you will find our special feature, Mother's Circle, where we will be holding space to hear a mother's story. And if you would like to share your own story, please send me an email. We also have our Patreon. Our Patreon is a space where you offer us a donation and in return, we continue to create these fabulous episodes and gift you some wonderful things from ourselves and from our special guests. And if you're loving the music on each episode, the music is created by Angelica's life partner, Alida. Alida is a singer and songwriter and a voice coach. I've been on one of Alida's ancient voice activation courses and it is absolutely wonderful the way that alita holds space is really gentle and really special and it's been a way of helping me to create some space in my throat to hear my own expression again which was something that closed off a lot during pregnancy and after birth and there's such a deep connection between the throat and the pelvis and just being in that space with him and the other people in the group was really, really um, powerful and deeply healing. And the practices that I learned from him, I am still using today. And it just helps me feel so much more connected to myself and to nature. And also a way to to clear the air, to clear the thoughts, to clear the stuff that just gets built up inside your body using these techniques that he offers, you really do start to feel that space. I'll leave the information for his next course, which begins on the 25th of July. So you're just in time. A five-week online group will be starting then. And I know that you will love it. Is there anything else that I would want to share? Just remember that we have the private community which is free and you can be anonymous and ask any questions that you would like in there and we're just about to start doing instagram live so if you're on instagram go and follow us at depths of motherhood podcast and we're going to try and attempt to do lives every week 
for just 20 minutes and check in with some of our community and uh, yeah, get to know everyone a little bit better. So thank you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Before we begin, let's take a moment to drop into our throat and as you do, relax the jaw, let the tongue rest from the top of the mouth and start to make a gentle humming in the back of the throat. Take a deep breath in. Next hum, you feel it move from the throat all the way down to the hips. Take a deep breath in. Exhale with the mouth open. Welcome everyone to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. This is Angelica speaking and on today's episode we are going to talk about the power of therapy and art exploration throughout pregnancy. I'm so excited and I want to welcome Danielle and our special guest Queen Brown into this space. Hello ladies. Hello, thank you so much for having us, for having me. Mm, hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pleasure, really. Yeah, this is exciting. It is amazing how it works out all across the world. Right, this let's tell good. everyone where we're at. So I'm still in Costa Rica. I'm in Johannesburg, South Africa. All right, and I'm still in Peru. <laughs> Which is a dream for me. One day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. Please do. It is absolutely beautiful here. I'm really curious. What is, like, how would you explain art therapy and how it works for pregnant women? Mm. Well, I think, sure, I think we are doing art when we're pregnant, whether we like to admit it or not. The moment we are, part of that creative process of creating life um, the space we hold as pregnant mamas is so surreally divine truly divine and um, you know I think we're we've got to admit that we all ultimately creative beings and the artistry of motherhood starts with the moment I believe I believe the moment we decide to carry it through and to um give life there is artistry in it so I started my sister is really the artist artist who paints and everything I'm a performing artist and a um a writer and I use art as my therapy and Pam England who did a birth art Uh, course that is where I dived into it as a birth coach and a doula for pregnant moms and that's when I mean that's my greatest tool um, to really engage mothers with the concept that they are busy with the creative process and and the depth it takes you to you know the change that we will be going through as pregnant moms and um the transition that it will afford us, which is ultimate transformation. Transition brings transformation, whether we like it or not. And I think <laughs> if we're aware of it, all the better. Awareness is such a great tool um, to not leave us overwhelmed. So working with moms with art therapy is 
is just one of my, um, it's my most fun tool, really. Mm -hmm. I just, I think it's, um, it's so revealing. It's very revealing for each individual that is so unique on their journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is Pamingon's books birthing from within? Is it? Is that? Yes. Right. I I had that with me when I was pregnant. And honestly, it was doing the exercises was one of the ways I was able to see my own fears and also Elan's, my partner's, because there was one time that I drew myself um, bleeding out and I was surprised with what I saw mm-hmm. because the color red mm-hmm. is also so like in your face. And I just took the fo- the drawing and I showed, I showed it to Elan and he just looked, he paused. I'd never seen it before and he, he cried and he was like, mm-hmm wow we have some like we have to go deeper with this and like support each other through it because even though we had a fear we still knew that this was happening and we still like trusted in the process and I feel like when I told some people about the exercises I was doing they would be so they would think it was was bizarre that I was bringing up these fears but I say you know even though they're coming up that I'm drawing them if I didn't, there was still they would still be there. Yeah. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps because mm. it's it's people are afraid to face their fears or to even bring it up, as you say, and they think it's going to be it's going to grow. Like, oh no, if the moment we name it or we um, bring things up from under the surface that we didn't even consider consciously, it's going to trip us up. And the opposite of that is absolutely true. Right. And I was actually sitting with my 11-year-old because we've been through transition right now, traveling and, mm. and immigrating back and forth through the uh, United States and South Africa. And um, fears and nightmares were coming up. And um, I was just reminded that, you know, when we settle into the truth, no matter what it is, there mm-hmm. is um, there's something that become it puts us at ease. Yes yeah um and it's and it's the same thing as you say if suddenly your partner could have a um could resonate with you could speak up maybe his fear also and together you can actually breathe through that and acknowledge it before it becomes something um that trips you up because it was never acknowledged so our fears when it's when it's a truth when it sits in a possible truth mm-hmm. and we look at it and what would we do about it or how would we deal with it if it did happen, suddenly it's you have this opportunity to move through it before it actually happens. And so now it doesn't have to happen right. <laughs> to give you the lesson or the experience of it because you, you've allowed it to have a moment of yes. air. Of right. It's such a beautiful tool to to then when the moment is there that you are prepared when fear comes up because mm. fear comes up during birth but oh, you yes. then have you then have dealt with uh, a big part of it so you know okay this is normal it's okay i'm just going to you know continue this wave which is going to be so helpful rather than i don't want to speak it because i'm afraid to manifest it but then it kind mm. of becomes this stagnant energy and and then you go into this birth space with a lot of fear that you don't know how to handle so I Mm -hmm. think like this art therapy is helping you to handle that beforehand yeah and prepare it does it does it does um 
You know, we, I think the whole world that speaks, you know, such a beautiful buzzword manifesting. And it's, it's all about making us aware that we are co-creators and that we do have control in our experience. Yes. Uh, but it then, you know, we have to be careful that we take away the value of the contrast, mm-hmm. the value of love and fear, the shadow and the light, no painting, no part of life really has um, we can't really see it for what it is if we don't have contrast and mm. if we can just sit in the experience of it rather than thinking we can control it it's right. not the outcome that we control it's our experience of it that we mm. can control that's really the only thing I believe um, again this is you know just for, from my perspective I, I believe that there's many ways of seeing these things but right and yeah and also when we th- we're manifesting we're coming from we're we're creating from our mind when we're visualizing okay my the, we're connecting to our heart but also we don't know what is from our mind from our fears when we're manifesting so there's some things that we that we not so need but we experience and it's from the subconscious like we haven't tapped into mm-hmm. that and it's created it. it's brought it to the surface and we can never know that because it's subconscious so we can't always decide what we think is best for us because we don't always no. know <laughs> no we are so beautifully complex like you say there's so much that's <laughs> under under the water and it's in art gives us this incredible opportunity to almost it's I I feel like saying it's like when you look at um for example a pond of water and at first you just see your reflection and you just see your face and it's kind of that one dimensional or the background and then if you look long enough or you just stir the water a certain way you suddenly see through underneath the water and everything that's underneath there so you're it creates such depth in your experience. Mm. It gives you um, the, a, a, a glimpse into what your subconscious might be about. And so I love the technique of working with people's non-dominant hand um, to start art that way, especially when people are really so, um, self-conscious about their art or they believe they're not artists or they can't draw or they can't paint. I'm like, okay, so how about we use your left left or your non-dominant hand? And you know what else? Let's close our eyes and mm. just feel for the paper and let's get really messy and, you know, try and draw, you know, do visualization or a meditation or a um, give them a prompt and then we work that way and it's just then that subconscious comes out to play or the Mm. body talks because as a meta practitioner I really believe in in the wisdom of our body and how much we the wisdom and the the memory that our, our genetic body holds if we can just tune into like you spoke into our heart space or our gut yeah and how much we work from that sacral space and honor it and not just this mind brain that wants to just believe it knows everything I love that it gets me excited because you know there's a part of me I remember sitting down and doing this art and because I've always had a connection with the way that I I create and the things that I create I I remember sometimes like wanting to screw it up so much and just put it in the bin and never look at it again 
And I had to really stop myself. And and I suppose um, having a guide like yourself being with mm. people is, is so good to take them out of the box and see, do things from a different way, get out of their habits so that they can, they can go to them places and see things arise. And I'm wondering, so when you're working with people or when you've just been doing art yourself, do you, when you come up against them barriers, against what our mind thinks we should be doing and it's so loud and how do you get over that hurdle to actually go deeper into it (laughs) yeah it's a tough one because like you say you just want to crumble it up and put it in the bin and have a fresh sheet to begin (laughs) again and it's in that moment where it is helpful to have that external voice or person that's your witness that says no how about you just close your eyes pick a different color and make a line don't try and do anything specific. Drop the specifics or a need for it to look or represent anything specific. Allow the next line or color to lead you to what might be next. And so my favorite question has become, since I've become a mother, has been what else is possible? It's really a question that sets me free in my experience with myself and my children and my partner and life is I let me not um, hook into I need it to be something specific. It's it's going to reveal itself. Let's just see what else is possible. Wow. I wish I had have had you as your teacher <laughs> as a child. <laughs> because you know, I love I I used to love to draw. I mean, there's so many ways to be creative, but I love to draw. And I had mm. a teacher that said, Oh, that is terrible. And that has been with me until even today. Like just like Danielle said, like I my doula asked me to to do this birth labyrinth, this labor link that mm. yeah. So and even the labyrinth, like you, you get like these dots that you kind of follow. And yes. I, was, I wasn't happy with it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so ugly. Like, how is it possible? Even with like instructions, I can't even make it beautiful. Oh. But what is beautiful? And what is oh. um, the purpose of this, this training? And so I get to look at so many layers of myself also. Um, yeah, with doing that, with the drawing to look at, it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be anything specific or beautiful or special to show the world. You know, it's more, it's more of just expressing, expressing it, what expression. wants to come out. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then we all have a story like that. Oh my goodness! <gasps> like I, I've always wanted to sing so bad. You know, it was such a desire. And I had a teacher at a young age telling me I can't sing, and it it stays with you. And I love the age and the freedom um, that motherhood has brought because I almost there's a space to recreate. Um, not through my children but um seeing the development of us as humans this was such an incredible thing for me is that everything we do as humans takes practice there's so little in our human form that we can just do I, I I remember just watching my baby and I'm like you have to practice just lifting your little head 
It's not just a reality. You have to build the strength in the muscle. You have to, to sit up, to roll over, to walk, to eat. Every piece of just moving in this world as a human takes practice and takes this a certain amount of um, patience with ourselves that we do fall down, that we do get up. And so um, taking it back to our creative it's that same sense of compassion to move through whatever that obstacle is, to fall down, to make lines that don't make sense until they do. And um, one of my great teachers um, was a friend who was an artist who taught me that don't stop painting when you think you've messed it up because your greatest mistake in a piece of art becomes the core that is really gorgeous about it. And you just learn how to work around it. And ah, oh, yeah, I mean, in art is life. There's so many metaphors, labor, birth, art. It's all the same to me. It all kind of flows together. I love that. And also how it's interesting how we've come to, to judge art when it's literally just an expression from our heart, when we can go there, when we're not like feeling that we need to copy someone or you know, do something because someone else wants to see it or even because we think we want to see it, but just being able to drop into that space and allow it to come through you, allow that energy to move through you and then be in the physical world for, for you to see, to, to give you a message. And, and, it's, and it's so beautiful because it, it literally ripples through the rest of your life, your day. I remember when, when I first started drawing during pregnancy I just got so creative with everything else and the way that I was also tackling um, challenges the way that I they were coming to me I was able to see them from different perspectives and, and I really do think it was because of the art because when I started things started to shift and I was able to relax more in, in my body it's like I was more whole and mm. it's, it's super inspiring to have this conversation again because yeah, I think I've gone back to drawing in a way that I think other people want to see. So that's, it's very interesting to have that arise again. And to, when you mentioned about changing the hands and closing your eyes and really having it as a, a practice to go deeper into yourself, I'm, I'm really excited to try that actually. And also trying it with different things, different materials. Don't just have to use like a pencil or a crayon oh, or- yeah. Mm, and that's just, <laughs> yeah was, exactly yeah no, I was just remembering now when you said that that I was like what did I do when I was pregnant <laughs> and, and I I had I had picked flowers and dried them in books <laughs> and and then Jeez. I created like this little woman with all of these flowers like her hair and it was it was absolutely incredible and it was so meditative if anything you know because pregnancy can also be very in the end quite long and boring <laughs> and you know so really to focus on something and create and it's uh it's absolutely incredible it's absolutely incredible and I've heard so many women just like you Danielle said that I got so creative during my pregnancy yeah um, and I wish that more women brings that out and forward it's such a time for the goddess to be alive I mean when we I love that you did that. And I also, it was just the most creative time of my life, really. And it was just for me giving this expression because other than having a belly bump, it's not visible what you are essentially going through. Right. And so to give 
expression to something that's happening to you physically is yes it puts us at ease and i i love how you said that um you uh yeah just oh i got goosebumps it's gorgeous <laughs> i love that making that with flowers yeah no it's absolutely incredible just going out in nature just that walking in nature fresh air you know bringing those little flowers that that you feel connected to and then make mm. something out of it no it's i mean there's so many ways that we can go about it and music because my partner my partner is a, an incredible musician so a lot a lot like we were singing and playing so much music i miss it a lot because since oh. i played anything at all basically because now i have a baby um oh. but it was uh so healing to me and he was really helping me um to to sound and to practice and he asked me my love how like what does your womb sound like It's like wow. let me hear it and i was like oh wow oh. who are you and i was okay <laughs> so i really got to practice and and tune in to the music and this one night we were i was just laying in his lap and telling a story um just like a story like storytelling um yeah and and he drew that story and then that story became a song that we now <gasps> we sing it to our daughter it, it is a song dedicated to our daughter and it's you know how things kind of develop from just one thing to another just from just from having fun also not yeah. with the mind like now we're gonna now we're gonna make a song to our daughter you know that she's gonna remember forever no it's it just came through in the yes. moment of just playfulness yes exactly thank you for saying that playfulness <gasps> it's exactly that we get so caught up in it needing to be something and it's the last thing i want you know mama's listening to feel like there's this expectation that you suddenly mm. need to do art or you need to do something specific to express it's it's really engaging that playfulness and that's what you know art does music you know performing storytelling drawing painting building mud cakes i mean just sitting yeah. with flat it doesn't matter cooking Baking. yes <laughs> Oh my goodness it's hi i remember when i was pregnant um i'd never baked before it was not something i did i was not big in the kitchen and suddenly i had this urge to just go and bake cookies and i had no idea what i was doing it was hysterical <laughs> and I'm not one that loves to follow any kind of recipe or i'm with or, you on that <laughs> i don't do well on that so i kind of just go okay i think this is what you're supposed to do and i would just <laughs> and what came out was so hysterical this one big flat thing that you know i think i ended up making granola out of it but you know that was the beginning of me actually loving playing in the kitchen mm. not that i i would and it was just following that wonderful um sense of uh guidance that you yeah allow yourself the playfulness Mm. I love that. I love thinking about your flat cake like yes. first of all like that's amazing. I've had that so many times so I don't feel alone. <laughs> But it also reminds me of you know it prepares you for the things that arise during labor and birth that you didn't plan for and that you can actually flip to be creative in a different way. Like you made granola out of a flat 
cake <laughs> and <laughs> and but maybe in another timeline that would have been really annoying that like you just made a cake and like it's not a cake anymore like what am I going to do with it but you were able to then see it from a different point of view and be like okay now it's this it's not always what you think it's going to be and I, I really think that like helps us when we go into the final stage because yeah, we can only we can only plan, right? It is planning, but there's so many things that will come up that we can't control. That's that's it. That's life. So many different possibilities. And we're just there, like staying anchored and knowing that whatever comes through, what comes into our reality that we can we can handle and that we can actually work with it. We can we can make art out of it. I hope that you're enjoying this week's episode. I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about this week's sponsor, Evolving Humans. Evolving Humans teaches the most effective energy healing technique, which we can use to restore balance throughout our whole body. Personally, I have found this practice to be extremely simple and deeply transformative. When I mastered this technique, I was able to regain power over my life. I finally stopped running and distracting myself from my emotions. This technique teaches you to feel the energy in your body and be with it so it can be seen and loved and without any force or suppression. And from that space, it finds its own path which clears you of any unnecessary tension. Have you ever suffered with a chronic disease, injury, mental turbulence, heartache, depression, anxiety? I could go on and on. The question is, what do all of these expressions have in common? They create a sensation in your body which creates a discomfort or a pain. What do you usually do when you feel something like this? We are taught to do whatever it takes to remove the pain. Wouldn't you like to heal yourself without relying on an external source? Like I mentioned before, it's so simple. It takes no mental power to do this. You literally just have to feel. Evolving Humans are offering a 10% discount on their course, which will share everything you need to know. Visit evolvinghumans.com and use the code motherhood 22 and i'm gonna put all the links in the show notes thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show that was we can make, yeah i love that it's like learning to trust um even when things go wrong right right exactly and i'm, I'm wondering so for our listeners and also for myself, <laughs> what would you what would you um, say to them? Some tips to just get started. Uh, tips to get started. Um, you know, I think start simple. And if I first work with um, parents, uh, you know, really being prepared to get a little mess. So if you don't have a lot of space, start in the kitchen and just lay down one of those party sheets, um, you know, those plastic um, <laughs> tablecloths and getting a, <laughs> yeah, and a piece of paper. And what works really well is those pastel um, mm-hmm. crayons that is makes like a dust almost really messy. That's what I use. I love them. 
Yes, and they are because um, what we want to engage is is the messiness of it and the imperfection, mm. and and giving yourself and your partner maybe a prompt like let's do a self portrait of our mm. family as we see it, but let's close our eyes and and just see you know guide ourselves with our hands on the paper, but and then say put an alarm on with some fun music and say for five minutes we just draw and make lines and then once that's done open our eyes and see what we can create from there mm. whatever the lines were skew maybe you got something out of it and just play play with the movement and creating space around you when mm. you get to the paper I mean that's you know just keeping it really simple or if you have space near a beach you know sitting down and drawing in the sand mm. um, but intentionally. Yeah like really intentionally going, let me engage a creative process with some intention of say, um, what, a nice one is if you're going into birth is what would my baby's uh, um, vision or if you think of your womb has a window in it, mm-hmm. what, what are they seeing and draw mm-hmm. that picture? Wow, that's, that's powerful actually. Yeah. Yeah, now, I, I have another question to that. Um, mm. So, what have um, like any of your like the, the the women that you have worked with? What has how has it helped them um, to to do these practices? Um, I think that uh, there was, there's been a lot of it brought a lightness to um, the moments where things would get. Um, they would get bogged down by a fear or a idea that things need to be a certain way. And there's almost a lightness of spirit that happens. And especially in relationship with whoever their support team or partner would be. Um, In the long term, the feedback has been uh, in relationship to partners. Like there's this beautiful conversations that it would start and I think you even referred to it when you, you spoke about your fear around um, all the red that you drew and the bleeding out fear and, you know, the conversation that it evokes. And that conversation continues because there's a vulnerability that is that comes through. It's not just the woman giving birth, but it's whoever's participating and, and holding space for her. And as a doula or as a birth coach, you know, it just reveals so much around what is the vulnerability? What do we hold dear? Everyone is so different. Oh, but I think you know, yes. what, what, what was carried through is, is the relationship and the conversation mm. that continues and grows into parenthood. Because right. that's the beginning. Um, and I think that's really essential why we want to prepare and and honor the sacredness of our births is not for the birth's sake only. It's for the environment we create mm. for our children. And who, how do we receive? Where do we receive them? And how do we maintain the space relationship creates? Right. And I really believe, I believe, I would say that I know that we can, we pick up on what people are feeling energetically and we receive that and we might not understand intellectually, we might not be able to rationalize what we're experiencing from another person, but our body knows. So say if I have a fear 
and I'm with my partner, but I, I don't want to tell him he'll be able to feel that something is different within our connection. And, and it's interesting because one, I might not know what my fear is and, but I'm radiating this energy from my subconscious. And then two, he's picking up on it and he doesn't understand because I can't even put words to it. And so I feel that the art or just creating in general allows you to put words to something that's inside because you see it in an art form and then you're able to, your mind can see it and kind of figure out where it's coming from. Maybe, or maybe not, you know, it's just like, it's another, it's another tool, isn't it? Like you're saying to be able to connect to yourself and to connect to the people that are around you so that you can, you can be there for yourself and that they can be there for you. And also, you know, like, for the partners, the things that are coming up for them, it might not be, it might not be seen as the the normal thing to talk about from a partner, you know, like the fears that they have, maybe they feel that they should just be quiet and just like let everyone else get on with it and support them with that. But actually, it's so important because if they, they're sitting with you and supporting you with these things underneath, and no one's no one's helping them holding space for them that's still in the space so it just runs so deep in my it really <laughs> no yeah. with you I'm on the same page it's 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 we negate that so easily you know if it's not seen spoken or out loud we pretend it's not there but energetically we are such sensitive beings right. and we are so often responding or reacting rather to what is never said and then there's just all this confusion and disconnect so um that is exactly it with the art it creates this opportunity to to really dive a little deeper and just see each other more clearly connect create connection it's all about that i think yeah Yeah. wow when i'm listening to both of you something just came up really strongly and also because you know i'm just getting all these visions and um, that the colors are so healing and the colors might come with messages or, you know, like maybe it might be soothing even like I'm drawing all yellow or um, mm. whatever, like what color is coming up for you? And, and maybe that has a specific significance for each person as well. So also that color is, oh, I love that. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's what your I, baby I wants to see. Maybe it's like... It- yeah. you know they feel it and then you're like this is the color for me it might help you on right. when they come the other side and they need a bit of soothing to show right. them certain color. exactly we're talking about these fears coming up and <laughs> that's all great and stuff but what do we do then you know like so, something's come up and it's easy to talk about it right but when it does come up it, it can come up in so many ways we might be like this is stupid. I don't want to do this. Or like you might push your partner away <laughs> yeah. or like just bring something up with them because you want to start an argument and just disconnect. Like you really don't want to go there. <laughs> so what would you say to, to people wanting to do this, this art practice? What would I say to people who wouldn't want to do this? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yeah, actually oh. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I get, I actually, it's, it's incredible. The resistance that comes up. It's really mm. very real. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I, 
I really take it back to, to becoming really playful and breaking it down to that there is no expectation, that it, it almost does not have to lead to anything, that it's an opportunity to engage your inner playful or your inner child for a moment and that we're not looking for fears or for um yeah that you know it doesn't have to become a heavy space mm. so because you don't want yeah you want people to rather engage the art and if if they feel something and they're very um scared to share or not you know be public about it I have found that that when they then take the practice home, there's there's beauty. Like we do a lot of things in private and it's just learning the tool. So if I'm offering a tool that you then can take home to work with by yourself, it's a it's at least the gift is in that. So it's really taking expectations off of it. I mean, I love it when people are open to diving into some of the the deeper side of the things and, and we can play with that. But it it does take a lot of trust and uh, willingness. And there's actually fewer people that's willing to do that. Right. It's like the first step yeah. is let's just come and play. And then just come yeah, play. let's baby whatever comes up. Yeah, I really. And that's really... what that's really where what I shared with, with my story. It was a lot of playfulness in, in the creativity. Yeah um for joy and for time consuming and um but for i i would love to uh, share a practice that we did but it wasn't really art related but like it was more like working with the fears mm. did, me and my partner ardula guided us through this and we had we both got to write down write down our fears so we got to sit with it for some time and it was really like uh, I really don't want to write this down on a piece of paper mm. but you know I trust I trust this practice and I'm just gonna you know do it and just get it out there and when we did that we yeah I think we got to cut them into little pieces or and then put them in a bowl and then we got to take one each and then read them out and read them out loud and then talk about it so and then when we had done that, we had spoken about all of our fears. Um, we got to invite Grandfather Fire and then we, mm. we, we burned the paper. So now we transformed this into another energy. And it felt so good for me anyway. You know, it felt incredible to just, okay, I'm going to let the, the fire to just transform this fear into something else. Like this mm. is... Um, so that was something that maybe, you know, if someone wants to try that, <laughs> it's a little practice to do. Yeah. I really That's like that. That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's such a wonderful, um, the ritual of release mm. and trusting that, 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 you know, the elements are for us to work with. I've become really aware of how separate we want to hold ourselves, mm. but the elements and the earth and fire and water and air, it's, mm. it's, it makes us participants that is a part of, we do not stand separate. And if there's anything that makes us aware of what a beautiful part we are of nature and the elements, it is pregnancy and birth and raising fellow humans um you know who we have to nourish with food and mm. oh, it's such a beautiful practice it's all kind of um comes together 
Yeah, it's a gorgeous ritual. I love using that also. I like how you put that then. That was so beautiful. Right. Do you work with uh, families, mothers on the other side in postpartum? You know, I, I have in the past few years, it's I've worked mostly with women in postpartum. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because um, I've, I've moved quite a bit and I've found my, and online I find myself that that's, you know, these times it kind of ebbs and flows. But right now there's a lot of postpartum that um, is come in because I think our modern culture, uh, I honestly, I have, there's so many ways to birth now. It's like there's choice in everything. And so um, in modern culture where there's also so much information available, uh, people, I want to implore more preparation time. I want to implore engaging pregnancy for the gift that it wants to give us and not rush through it. I think we, I'm hoping for a full circle back to that understanding. But in the meantime, I appreciate that in postpartum, we can also um, engage our creative and our healing abilities and um, connection to ourselves and our children, you know, coming back home to that because there's so much that gets lost in the rush, in the pressure. So when uh, a lot of women get stuck in, in um, their reality and falling into trusting cesarean birthing more, you know, mm-hmm. based on culture or information that, that resonates with them. I really honestly have no judgment around it or I don't believe that there's a right or wrong. I mean, they, our culture has just changed so much. Right. I just think there's such experience that we should not miss out on for right. ourselves and for nature and for our children. And all of them coming through now are so powerful. Mm. And I it feels like they're on such a mission right to reconnect <laughs> oh, us does. to why we are here as humans right. let's not disconnect from the fact that we are humans on this earth and it feels like they're coming to remind us of that I have a question that's not really art related but maybe it will be um so you were an actress at one point or you are an actress mm, I am how, yeah. how did you change to doing this I'm just curious I forgot to ask you at the beginning <laughs> Oh, that's so, I know, I know. And I get that. It's, um, you know, I, uh, it all goes back to uh, this human experience and yeah. the performing arts it has afforded me the opportunity to really step into these different circumstances that humans might experience. And it's on the lighter side because I'm not completely in it on the long term, but I get to really... Um, explore why people do things the way they do them or what their motivation uh, might be as an actress and into a character Mm. and um, it's all about compassion and learning really the um, the value and the depth of compassion and and how hard it sometimes can be to hold compassion for some Mm -hmm. um and for ourselves mostly and that's that's really the experience I'm after and as a doula and now as a birth coach it's more of that 
it's really yeah. more of the same. <laughs> wow. And, um, yeah, it, it kind of has all developed and sort of rippled one after yeah. the other. And I don't really, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do none of these things that I've ended up doing in my life was a very conscious, okay, next step. Yeah. It, it was very organic and it kind of landed in front of me and I went, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me explore. And then I fall into, I fall in love with it. And it's all about the human experience, really. Mm. Yeah, it sounded like it just all merged together to get you to this point. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. And I'd love you to take the stage and share any of your offerings or anything that you've created that's available for people and where they can find you and reach out to you. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Uh, well, Sure. I do. I, I love what the world has created. So uh, most of my coaching work is online. So I work with women from anywhere in the world. Um, if our time zones can <laughs> coordinate. So as a birth coach, I'm really passionate about how we prepare ourselves to be parents um, and how to receive our babies really um, falling into this space of holding love as our focus and a connection. So I work with parents in preparation. That's really what I'm calling in. I am open to women in postpartum recognizing that they are birthing themselves as mothers. So I have a program called Birthing the Mother in You. That's really a nine month program. And then I have a couple of ebooks that I would love to gift and share. One is why it's important, uh, how you prepare. And then the other one is tools for new moms, which grabs some of my artist and performing tools and putting it for people to really practice as individuals privately to engage their energy system and I love them. So some meditation, movement, and my metamorphosis practice, which is really the base of everything that I do. What else? Uh, you can reach me. Facebook, Dula Quinn is my page. But really email me. I'm really good on email. Quinn at gmail.com. And, or Instagram, Quinn Brown. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> Well, I, I'll put um, all this info yeah. in the show notes as well with links to okay. your free ebooks because, yeah, they're Wonderful. amazing. I read them after you sent me. So well done with Ooh. that. I <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for everything that you're, you're doing, Quinn. It's amazing. And yeah, I'm glad that yeah, I'm glad that everything merged together for you to get to this point. Like this is <laughs> really cool. And that we've all mm. been able to have this chat today. It's so, so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Thank you. I mean, it's for me, just one last thing is that it's all about the improvisation. And as an artist, using art as my greatest teaching tool, it's really learning to be at ease with improvising. Mm. Yes, I love that. Yes. This has been a beautiful, beautiful chat with you, Queen. And... Um, I just feel like sitting down now and uh, and draw a little. <laughs> I feel very inspired in this moment. And and something as, also that came up is um, 
you know, the ripple effect that, because me and Daniel have, have been speaking about in, I think in other episodes about the fear um, that comes up for us also in this work because uh, mm. there's so many triggers also around birth work and all these things um, mm. um, yeah due to rules and all of this that that comes up but you know I just realized that our how important our essence is our mm. essence that like we what what you specifically queen brings to these women and what Danielle brings and what I bring and mm. uh, so I just want to take a moment to honor all of us for doing and showing up in this way to support women in, in you know in all different ways mm. thank you that's amazing I got goosebumps mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well See you soon. Thank you, everyone, and see you soon. Until next time. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Now we have our special feature, Mother's Circle. And this week, we have a story from Brittany. Brittany is one of our community members. And we've been chatting back and forth about a number of things recently so I'm really happy that we get to share her story. I'll leave her information for our Instagram in the show notes and know that she will be our first Instagram live next week and we're really looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Hi Angelica and Danielle. My name is Britt. I'm going to share my my birth story with y'all. So I guess I want to frame it like this. Um, the birth itself of my daughter, Estelle, she's three and a half now, almost four, I should say. Um, the birth itself was glorious. It was um, it was very smooth, but fast and furious. So, um, yeah, I'll talk about that first, and then I'll get into just briefly, like, how... Uh, the journey through pregnancy was difficult and the postpartum slash breastfeeding part later was really difficult. Um, the, birth, the birth itself was just this, I don't want to say easy because I know <laughs> that when you're in it, you're like, this is the worst pain I've ever felt. I'm never doing this again. This is crazy. But looking back on it, it was so fast. Um, came on so spontaneously she was three weeks early um, and I had planned to give birth in the hospital um, it was I wasn't really quite ready for the idea of home birth um, if you hadn't really saved up for it or anything like that but this hospital was going to honor my birth plan and they had some midwives um, set up and they had like a birthing center where you could you know go to the shower go to the tub and things like that so I liked the idea of being supported in different ways other than the convention so yeah that was a plan but um, I had also hired a doula to kind of just help with to me at the time what I understood to be the like emotional fear aspects of giving birth and I think that was extremely extremely helpful um so yeah she <laughs> she came in about I think the whole labor was like two and a half hours, maybe less. Um, I labored in my bathroom by myself for a long time. My husband was actually getting things ready, but we were just freaking out. He was like trying to put the car seat in. <laughs> and I was just in there by myself. 
um, laboring. I had taken some castor oil because my water broke the night before and nothing, I didn't feel anything happening after the water broke. Um, so I was standing in the kitchen pulling the pork roast out of the oven and my water broke and a lot came gushing out. I mean, it was very big amount that came out. Um, and typical of me, I'm a chef. So I was <laughs> of course in the kitchen holding food when my water broke. So yeah, nothing happened. And I called the midwives and they were just like, Oh, we'll hang out tonight, get some rest. But if nothing happens, we're going to have to, you know, have you come in in the morning and get things going. And I knew exactly what that meant. I knew exactly that that meant they wanted to intervene and I wanted to avoid that at all costs. Um, I had watched the business of being born and I just was like, no, I'm going to stay out of the hospital for as long as I can. I just basically want to pop in there to deliver the baby, <laughs> make sure everything's okay. So yeah, that, that's basically what happened. The next morning, nothing happened. I called back, a different midwife was on um, and she was the one that ended up helping deliver my baby. Thank God, because she um, was now a hospital midwife, but she had previously been a um, home birth midwife and she just had this beautiful calm energy she was like you're good you're fine just if you want take some castor oil I'll tell you how to do it and then go walk around with like one leg up on the sidewalk <laughs> so I did that and um, like 40 minutes later I, I had the contractions and it was there was no rhythm or pattern to them they were just Crazy. And of course, I was emptying my bowels at the same time because that's what castor oil does to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that was happening. And then I did start to bleed. And I thought, okay, I'll have the doula come over now. So she showed up and she's like, yeah, let's let's get to the hospital. And I just thought, oh, I don't, I don't know if we should leave right now. I feel like I'm going to take a really big dump this time. And she was like, <laughs> and she was like okay, we've got to get in the car now. <laughs> We got in the car and we raced up there and basically I just like got into the first room. I didn't get the room with the tub or anything fancy because I mean I just needed to get in, into the hospital immediately. And um, yeah, like I said, that midwife was there and she was just so calm. She's just such a calm presence and I had um, not even had a chance to go to birthing class because Estelle came so early that I had no clue what I was doing. I had no idea how to breathe and I just started doing this weird breathing thing like from my memory what I could remember reading like Ina May Gaskin's book um, with all these different stories. It's an excellent book um, and I remember it just popped into my mind like one of these women had these like horse-like breathing patterns. I started breathing like a horse, so I was like, that's what I should do. <laughs> so I started doing that, and the midwife was just like, oh, I'm not going to go down. You know, kind of, she just guided me through the breathing, and then and then she checked me, and she's like, yeah, your baby's going to be here in a half an hour. You've got to push. And I just remember the pushing was so agonizing because it was more of like self-inflicted pain, whereas the contractions just happened to you there was nothing you could do about them and I just remember being like I want the contractions back I don't want this <laughs> like I had to push and it hurt so much um so yeah I just 
I got through that, and my doula was there, and she had the rebozo, and we did some of the different positions with that, and I just remember it was such a beautiful, like, teal color against the hospital room, which was so, like, sterile and white or gray or whatever it was, um, and I just remember all these women around me, the, the nurse midwives just buzzing around me, and I just felt like the queen bee, they were just there to help, and, and it was my show, so yeah, like, the birth that felt so, so beautiful and empowering, but, um, and I guess you could stop, uh, my share at this point, it's already been seven minutes, but if I have a little more time, I'll go and say that, um, the pregnancy was, as far as physically, it was easy, easy for me, but I had some of the lab work done in the beginning, the routine lab work, and I had um, the ATP, no, is it called a alpha theta protein, AFP, yes, that came back really high, and it was like off the charts high, I mean, they said that they had never seen anything this high in their lives, and I needed to come in right away, and there was a really high chance that the baby had spina bifida and all this stuff, and you know, they're telling me this over the phone, and then they're saying, um, you know, the sonogram's one way we can look and see what's going on, and they were like, but we don't have anything open for the next, like, two, three days, and I'm like, you can't do this to me. You can't tell me this, and then say that I have to wait two days. I am coming tomorrow, whether you like it or not, and we're going to look at this baby, and so they shuffled some things around, and I went in, and you know, I had, didn't really want to have a sonogram. In fact, we weren't even going to know the gender. Um, but with ultrasound and, um, yeah, it was like one of those intense ultrasounds so they could really see her and check out if, if everything was okay. And, uh, they did it for a long time to really look everything over and turns out that they couldn't see anything. And, the doctor just sort of casually was like, oh, like, congratulations, everything's fine. And I was just like, you just put me through all this crazy stuff. And even before I had gotten there, um, when I talked to this genetic counselor before the actual sonogram, we were just like talking about all these different possibilities of what might happen. I mean, it was, it was agonizing. And this test is not a diagnostic test. It is a screening test. And they were treating it like it was like something was for sure wrong and I just I couldn't I knew deep down inside me that they were wrong but they were just so filled with fear and it was like it was just awful it was so awful well it, I still remember how traumatizing it, it was for me and my husband it was just so awful but yeah anyway so then we got through that and then like I said the, the labor and delivery were really smooth and nice um but then the postpartum was terrible and this is where my uh, kind of interest in nutrition really played a role because I think I was a little bit undernourished before I conceived I hadn't really I had sort of been eating the right kind of you know um, traditional foods I had started kind of learning about like Weston Price way of eating but I hadn't fully dove in yet and yeah I would just say I was probably pretty deficient in like the important minerals and things like that that are so important for your well-being after the birth. And um, so it just hit me 
really, really hard. I had terrible postpartum anxiety. My daughter wasn't breastfeeding. And it's just, I am a, I am a nourisher. I am a chef. And I take so much pride in that. And this idea of like, I won't, my body won't be able to feed my child and, and nourish her. It, it destroyed me. I, it destroyed me. I couldn't let it happen. So it just became my mission to feed this child. And when I was in it, it just felt so hard. It was just so, um, it was just such a roller coaster because she would get better and then she would not feed well. And, and then my, my supply was going up and down. So it was just so rocky and whatever, but I stuck with it and it was about two months of pumping, which is crazy crazy amount of time to do that but yeah I was pumping and two months straight and then um, it kind of just happened one day where she got it and I had I had a scale so it's weighing her feeds and that was becoming very obsessive as well I don't know if that harmed the process or helped it um, even though it didn't verify that she was getting milk but yeah, anyway, it all turned out fine. And she breastfed like a champ after that. It was like, she would, um, she would take about three to five minutes to feed and she was done. <laughs> and she breastfed until she was about 22 months. And then after that, she was, she was done. Um, yeah, she just had had it and then she moved on to eating food. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of it. I've tried to keep that brief, but, um, thank you for inviting me to share this it's been kind of fun to re revisit the story it's been three and a half almost four years so yeah thank you again Mom.